0: and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast where we interview local business owners and Maine residents to learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them and how they use experiences to steer them into the future. My name is Todd Regalinski
1: and I am Kimberly Regalinsky.
0: and we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine a local magazine that helps to showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on Podbean, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can learn more about us at KeepItLocalMaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram through the links in the show notes. In this episode, we'll be talking with Aaron Case from Domestics Professional Cleaning Services. Aaron has been the president of Domestics Professional Cleaning Services for the last five years. After graduating from college, he worked with financial firms in various capacities, including sales, relationship management, and regulatory compliance. Since returning to the family business that his father started over 30 years ago, he handles advertising and promotion for the company, working closely with his father, John.
1: Welcome to the show, Aaron
0: thank
2: you thanks for having me
1: yes we're glad you're here today so um yeah thanks for thanks for coming in and um
0: coming in like coming into our
1: virtual studio yes <laughs> yeah. this
0: is it's so weird using the terminology like like we're doing a like we're doing an interview in person but it's really not right it's really not we so don't, we don't want to deceive anybody so
1: aaron so you guys have been in business a while now. How long have has has domestics been a family owned and operated business?
2: Yeah, r- right from the beginning. My dad started it in uh, the early '80s, I think '87, uh, mm-hmm. and wow. uh, right through then. I mean, I, when he started it, I was a kid, and I would mm-hmm. spend Saturday mornings going with him. I, I mean, I can remember the account at the time. It was Honeycomb Systems. I would go in and empty the trash cans. At, mm-hmm. at eight years old. So, um, Love it. yeah, so it's, it's been a long, long, long time family business. So right, right from the start.
1: And I imagine just, you know, growing up in a family business and, and at a, at such a young age, you probably, I mean, obviously you've just learned a, just some amazing work ethic, just watching, you know, your family and watching, you know, your father.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the hardest working guy I've ever known. Um, not to go too deep into the family, family history, but my, my parents are actually divorced and have been mm-hmm. for years. I mean, mm-hmm. almost four decades. Uh, uh, so I would spend every weekend with my dad and, uh, he had started this business and, and, because he was starting a business, like anyone starting out, he had to work all the time. So mm-hmm. I, I would go to work with him. And, uh, yeah. I would say that's a huge impact on, on my life now. Uh, as, as you know I, I i work in the finance industry as well, so um, mm-hmm. people have kind of said, you know I, I don't know how you do both of these and and it just mm-hmm. isn't that difficult uh, mm-hmm. and I, and a lot of that is just the work ethic that that I had growing up you you want something you gotta you gotta work for it so
1: I love that. Yeah. It's such mm-hmm. a, it's it's such a great message. It's like, yeah, you, you need to get off your butt and do it because no one's going to hand you a lottery ticket. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I can remember anytime I wanted something, my dad would say, well, you can get that, but you got to pay half. So yeah. uh, it's one of the things we've instilled in our kids now. They, they, you know, my son, uh, he always wants something dirt bike or something. He he's got to save up half and he mowed lawns. He's, he's nine and he mowed, uh, we have an apartment building and he mowed the lawn there all summer long. Uh, to save up for a dirt bike, so.
1: That is so cool. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. We should start implementing that. Actually, (laughs) I like that. I think I'm going to steal that, Aaron. Yeah,
2: yeah, you know, it's been really good. Um, You know, money burns a hole in his pocket, but my daughter's a saver, uh, but they both are hopefully learning good money habits. But yeah, the the work ethic is certainly, my dad, uh, you know, he he gets up super early, even still today, he comes in around Mm -hmm. four o'clock, uh, he's out there at night. He's out there during the day. He meets with customers. He does the mm-hmm. job itself. He'll strip the floors. He'll do the carpets. He's, he's a hands-on wow. out there in the field kind of guy, uh, mm-hmm. a heck of a sales guy, heck of a customer service guy. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, he just, I, I don't know how he does it. Uh, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's 66, I think now. And, uh, he wow. just, he just keeps going. And, and part of it is, you know, he doesn't look that old and he doesn't seem that old, but, mm-hmm. uh, given, that I'm 40. Now he, <laughs> it, 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 it's more in light when I look at it and say, well, you know, what are we doing going forward here? And I don't think, I just don't think he has a plan to retire or, or want to. He, he enjoys the working it, it, itself. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I, that's, that's awesome that, you know, obviously he does enjoy it to yeah. be doing it as long as he's doing. I mean, and that's such a, I mean, I'm at, it's just so huge for someone to be in that, in a business, as long as they have you, they obviously have to enjoy it. And it sounds like he really enjoys what he does.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a very physical job and it's a demanding mm-hmm. job, and you know we have a we have a great staff. But inherent to this business is is a level of turnover, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know a lot of times we run a pretty tight ship. We don't keep extra people on staff, um, mm-hmm. and and so a lot of times if if somebody's out, you know he's he's the guy going out to fill in, or or I'll go mm-hmm. with him, or even now we have uh, my cousin Jason with us. So it's it's expanded into uh, the next level of family just from father to son to cousin now too. So
1: that's awesome. Yeah,
0: that's great. And I, I, you know, as someone who grew up in a family business, business myself, and I remember it's, it's it's a very familiar story because I remember spending uh, weekends and vacations working with my dad. And that was, that was just part of our quality time because that was, he was up and out as early, you know, like, like your dad is. And, that was just the way if I wanted to grab some quality time with them, that's, that's where you do it.
2: Yeah. Well, so we've, uh, you know, living in Maine, we've gotten into the winter sports. I I lived in the Carolinas for a few years and I grew up skiing with my dad. So, but I was kind of looking at, you know, this year and what we're doing in snowmobiling and skiing. And we have season passes to a mountain in New Hampshire. And and I was telling my kids, I said, yeah, I, I, you know, I look back at, I don't know how my dad did it. He, um, Mm. you know, he'd work, Tirelessly, and then we'd uh, we'd go out and go for a weekend ski trip to Vermont, and Uh uh, you know, he'd come back and go to work to finish up the stuff that needed to be done for Monday. So um, he's just relentless when it came to to building the company, but still being a a good dad. Uh You know, like I said, they were divorced, and uh, you hear these stories all the time dads that don't show up or dads that that kind of just skip out. My dad never missed a weekend. I don't even Uh remember a phone call saying, Hey, you know, dad's sick. He can't be here Friday night. So can you, you know, maybe we'll go Sunday. I mean, that never even happened. So it, that's yeah. amazing. That's how, awesome. how he did it. I I don't know. So yeah, that's awesome.
0: Now a quick question before, before I get into the next question. So how does the business structure look? So your dad is, is still there yep. and, and you're part of the business. So how does that all, how does that all work?
2: Yeah. So he's, he's, uh, no the owner, but you know, technical titles are, he's the general manager. He handles everything on the ground from scheduling to uh, what's going on in a certain account. You know, floors need to be done, stripped and waxed to the, do we need to um, clean the carpets? Uh, Who's going to what accounts? hiring, interviewing, things like that. I really deal with marketing, contracting, and and the finances. So, Uh uh, which is the stuff that he just doesn't, necessarily want to deal with like I say he's he's a USM grad he, he knows how to run a bit I mean obviously he started this from 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 nothing so
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, we I think we employ about 45 or 50 people today so wow um, but wow. He, uh, he he's a really he's an on the ground guy he's a customer service guy that's really where he excels and and so he's the general manager I'm technically the president and then you have my cousin Jason. Who came on board a little over a year ago and is really sort of like an assistant general manager uh, mm-hmm. to to sort of backfill as my dad continues to to get older and and maybe plans to to step back a little bit. But at this point, there doesn't seem to be any any stepping back. But we, we actually just the other day we we started separating accounts into Jason's gonna manage these accounts and meet with these folks as a relationship manager, and my dad'll handle these. So.
0: Mm-hmm. So he's so going to cut good. back to like five days a week and yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, <Yeah>. maybe. time <laughs> come job. back to like what, what everybody else works. You yeah. yeah. he won't, he won't know what to do with himself at that point. Right. Right. I mean, that is one of the benefits of, you know, you founded the business and, and you know what you like to do. And then you find someone else to do the stuff that you don't want to, so that you're not as passionate about. And that's yeah, great that you, great. you have that opportunity to do that. Kind yeah. Of it's really been
2: role. a unique situation for me as I, like I say, I lived in the Carolinas for a few years. We had my daughter. She had some health issues, nothing major, just constantly sick. And, and so we said, you know, we we didn't have any family down there. So we moved back to the to Maine. Mm-hmm. And I had planned to go to work, just work with him full time. And the company I worked for, LPL, offered to let me work remote. And I said, well, that'd be great. So, wow. so I did that. I gave my dad some ideas early on on, hey, we could probably do this. And you could probably grow the company a little bit. And uh, next thing you know, uh, what was supposed to maybe be a short-term thing is now since 2009, I've I've been a part of what's going on, and seemingly more in depth every year. Wow. We've doubled the size of the company, so that that's been really fun to be a part of. That's
1: awesome.
0: That's awesome. That's amazing. So th- this seems like you know a lot of changes with you getting getting into the business and all that. But what are what are some of the ways the business has changed for you over just the past seven months?
2: Yeah. So with the with the COVID pandemic, our house cleaning we shut it down. Uh, Mm -hmm. And mainly because people didn't want us in the house. Everybody was sort of nervous about what's happening, right? Who's in their house? Are they sick? You know, what are your protocols, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we shut down the house cleaning and we were a little nervous about that. That's sort of where we started. Now commercial cleaning makes up the majority of our business, but house cleaning and carpet cleaning are are the other probably 20%. So, Mm -hmm. so that stuff came to a grinding halt pretty fast. Mm -hmm. And then what we found is a lot of people started calling us for disinfecting. So uh, we'd say, okay, you know, well, well, what are you looking for? Well, you know, light switches, door handles, you know, for lack of any other term that I don't know what it's called here, the, the flusher on the toilet, you know, the sink, hands, yeah. you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, so we said, okay, um, you know, we can do that. Uh, it's preemptive. So the way it works for us is we'll come in, we'll wipe stuff down. You know uh, we have electrostatic disinfecting that we we've, we've just, begun doing which is pretty neat you you have a little machine and it just sprays out the disinfectant and, and the way it works is it sort of attracts right to the product uh mm-hmm. the product the um you know the chair or the desk surface. or things like the surface yes yeah. so so that's pretty neat we we've started doing that but if you have an outbreak you have a positive case we we then refer you over to our friends at surf pro uh jared Lamy and those guys and and it's it's been a great partnership with them. Uh, It's interesting. So when I moved back from North Carolina, I was talking with a guy that I knew in North Carolina and he says, Oh, I I have a friend up there in the cleaning business. He lives in Saco. And I said, no, I don't think so. I said the only cleaning service really in Saco and I grew up here is, is, is my dad's company domestics. And he's like, no, it's a surf pro. And I'm like, surf pro up there is owned by somebody else. And so come to find out uh, I I met Jared, he, uh, he, him and his dad owned a, a SERPRO company. And, and as you know, they do disaster restoration, things like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to partner up with them on a lot that's of different great. things and it, and it's, you know, nobody's, they've referred us a lot of business. We've referred them a lot of business. So it's been a great, uh, great partnership, but s- certainly indicates what a small world it is when, uh, yeah. you know, a person I just met in North Carolina knows a guy in my hometown. So
1: yeah. that's amazing. Yeah.
2: yeah that's so it, cool. it is, they ended up my wife owned a daycare for years. He ended up coming to the daycare. He has, th- uh, I think he has four kids and one on the way now, but at the time he just had the three and uh, they ended up coming to the daycare. So we see them, they're in the same grade as, uh, as my kids. So it's, uh, yeah, I
1: love that. I love that you see businesses working together like that. And I love that about Maine. Yeah. just that we all support each other and, you know, there's, there's that, you know, camaraderie of, you know, because, because we are, Maine is, we're hard workers, you know, and if we can, you know, collaborate and I love that,
2: you know. Yeah, I would that. say, you know, New England is unlike any other, so like I say, we lived in North and South Carolina for uh, three years, I think, and we met some nice people down there, some really good people. I'm still friends with a lot of them today, uh, but there's just nothing like the the living in Maine and, and it was a big decision for us. My mother actually lives in Florida, mm-hmm. my dad's up here, uh, my sister is up here, my that I grew up with my wife's whole family so we ended up coming back here and uh you know the first couple of years I'd have done anything to go back to the Carolinas I, I really mm-hmm. liked it down there and now that we're here my kids are in school you know I, I see people I grew up with all the time you know my, my friend Kevin my friend Bob these are guys that were real tight with me growing up and uh you know, I go snowmobiling with Bob. I, I, I go to Kevin's house on Halloween and, you know, Christmas party. So it's it's really fun. And then you see the kids are all sort of the same age. Um, mm. You see them growing up together. Do You know, I play baseball. or, or My son plays baseball with my friend's Kevin's son. He goes snowmobiling with my friend Bob's. It's it's just fun to kind of watch those mm. things grow. Uh, yeah, I mean, At that's first, awesome. I just couldn't wait to go back to North
1: Carolina. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, that is, I think that's one of the keys is if, if if you're, if you're not feeling great about kind of where you grew up and things like that, if you have a chance to move away for a little while, then you start you and you come back, you can start really appreciating things. You know, Mm -hmm. it gives, it gives you a little bit of a different perspective.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: What's at least one thing that people don't know about your business that you would like for them to know about your business, like something that you offer some of the services that you guys offer.
2: Yeah. I, I think, um, because we've been around so long, a lot of people know of us. But one of the the things, like I mentioned earlier, is the electrostatic disinfecting that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a preemptive dis- I mean, it's a it's a disinfectant that's used anyway. So if Servpro comes in, they're doing a very similar process to what we do. But they're they're sort of like a like a hazmat team of uh, you know mm-hmm. people of certified to to deal in you know virus outbreaks and cleanup mm-hmm. and things like that. So my guys are mold certified, water certified. Mm-hmm. And fire certified, but we didn't get the, you know, the ability to deal with crime scene cleanup and things like that, right. because it was just mm-hmm. not something we wanted to do. But this, right. this preemptive disinfecting is, is very interesting stuff, you know, and the funny thing is, it doesn't look like much when you do it, but it, but it works very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of companies are asking about this, especially right now during the pandemic. So, you know, I don't know, yeah. maybe a year from now, maybe they're not, but but we've really been doing that stuff. It, it's been great. It's been effective. And then mm-hmm. I, I think just that ability to team up. So if, if, you know, someone calls me for something and it's and it's not something I actually do, I can say, hey, you know, we can do this aspect of it, but what you what you really want in this situation is a guy like SurfPro. And, and you don't even have to call him, I'll call him and put him in touch with you. So it's yeah. it really, mm-hmm. um, awesome. that sort of partnership there allows for us to really be a part of things that normally we just refer out and, and maybe get... Some other company that also takes the janitorial contract from us, or mm-hmm. something like that. So.
0: Mm-hmm. so for the the electric electrostatic, yep, that, I drive that right. Okay, yep. <laughs> I always like to try and make sure I'm not way off base on, <clears throat> on names yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But uh, does that actually kind of help the the disinfectant stay on the surface longer? Correct. Or is, yeah, it's okay. a
2: it's a non wipe disinfectant. So you you spray it and it attracts to the to the surface, and and then you just you, you spray and walk away.
1: There's wow. No, that's... There's no
2: wiping it down or anything like that. Wow. So,
1: How often do you recommend like a company that was to call you up and say, Hey, I want you to come in and do this for our office. How often do you recommend that they do that?
2: Yeah. It, it really depends on what your budget is. It, you know, obviously during these times, right. This type of stuff's not cheap. The equipment's pretty expensive. Mm. You know, we see people saying, well, if you could do it two days a week, we'll supplement with, with our own stuff. And, and that's fine. We're really just trying to work with everyone. I mean, yeah. Ideally, you want it done a lot because mm-hmm. once that surface is clean, it's clean. But once, you know, if Kim comes and touches that surface, you, you know, now it's I don't want to say infected, but it's it's contaminated now. Right. The the yeah. Whatever Kim had on her hands is now contaminated. And if I spray it again and then Todd comes and then I, come, you know, everyone's touching it you know, it's, it's, it, only, it only lasts as, as good as, as the time that it has to sit there. So, mm-hmm. but it, it's one of those things, I think, does two things. It, it does work. It, it is a disinfectant. So it's, it's, it's disinfected from whatever I may have touched uh, until the time it's sprayed and then Kim touches it. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, and those are obviously just examples. But then as long as people are, are sort of doing the right things, right, hey, you know, wash your hands, use the hand yeah. sanitizer, you know, wipe stuff down if you're touching it and, and sort of backfilling with their own stuff. It's a very effective measure mm-hmm. a, against the, and nothing's yeah. foolproof, right? Especially in the exactly. day and age, yeah. but, but oh, it, yeah. it works very well. And it, and it seems to bring a lot of peace of mind uh, to companies, especially, so we started doing a lot of it during the day, which, you know, with one company we work with, we do some during the day and we do some at night. And, and I mm-hmm. think that it's a two-pronged approach there. You're doing it during the day. So yes, it's probably as soon as we leave, it's being touched again, but people are seeing that company taken active approach yes. to, to mitigating mm. risk. Right. So that's great. Yeah. And then we come that's back in cool. at night. So you're really getting a twice a day type disinfecting and, and while nothing's foolproof, it adds that layer of confidence to your employees. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. In-
1: absolutely. For sure. It just shows you that, you know, you, you, it shows that you care about them. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like yeah. you're taking that extra step to um, you're taking action, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. We have multiple
2: companies where they're, Every day doing this, and then we have other companies where they're once a week or twice a week, and and uh, really, they're supplementing with their own sort of you know wiping down yeah. of things.
0: That's great. So I guess uh, you know it seems like you've, you, of course you know having a having a business run for this long is in it, in itself an achievement mm-hmm. uh, because I, I I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm sure there's a there's a hefty percentage of of small businesses that just disappear after a year or two. Uh, and just r- kind of run their course. So to have a business I- for this long is successful. But
1: thirty-three years. I know,
0: yeah. and you. J- I'm glad you did your calculator. I just had to do that I on my calculator.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I see what's talking. I, I yeah. wasn't going
0: to try because I don't. I don't math very well. Yeah. Uh, I just make things look pretty on the page. Yeah. Um. When you look at success, how do you define success for yourself personally within business or or even going into your your life as a whole?
2: You know, it's interesting. You know, I, I grew up with my dad working very hard and, and being very financially successful. When I lived with my mom, you know, we, we were certainly not as financially successful as my dad. I, I kind of joke, my, my mother and stepfather were sort of hippies. We didn't really live anywhere longer than 18 months. They were very much uh, go with the flow and, and I don't have that personality. So. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've lived in the same house for for ten or twelve years now, and that's the longest I've ever lived anywhere. So, I think there's two two points to success, right? There's there's the financial aspect of you know feeling safe and secure and, and having an income and taking care of your family, and then there's the aspect of being around for your family as well, right? Mm. Taking my wife and I uh, go out to dinner. Try to go out once a month right now. It's a little tough. Uh, once a week right now. It's a little tough. So it's probably more like once every six weeks. But we take time just to be me and my wife because at some point mm. you know the kids grow up and leave and and go to college or move somewhere else and and uh, and then I so I think there's that that two-pronged aspects there where you say you know I want to be a good father I want to be a, a, a good a good husband and part of that is doing what you do is, is working hard and, and making sure bills are paid and, and making sure everyone feels safe and secure but then there's that other part of being present and um, mm. <clears throat> I think I was very lucky with and I say all of my parents, my dad, my stepdad, my mom, they were all around. I had birthday parties right from the get-go with my mom and dad at at the same birth. There was no separate birthday parties. There wasn't one mm-hmm. at my dad's house and one at my mom's house. They were, they made a conscious decision early on to to put me uh, ahead of any disagreements they may have had. You mm. know, so
1: that's mm-hmm. awesome.
2: So yeah, so that's that. I, I define success in being able to do the things I want to do. Being present for my children and my, my wife too, and and that's and, awesome. and that's not my wife works very hard. She owned a daycare for for a lot. We always say we put in the work up front, so we didn't have to work as hard later on. Mm-hmm. So she works mm-hmm. part time now at TD Bank, but she owned a daycare for seven years as well and sold that. Uh, it was a successful daycare, and, and it was something she had never done. She just couldn't find a daycare she liked, so she that's said, so "I'm just awesome. going to open
1: one." So you know, just hearing your story is just is awesome. Um, is so much inspiration in there but who who would you say who or what inspires you
2: yeah I think my dad my dad certainly mm. um, you know he he instilled that work ethic he he gave us a lot of real talk growing up hey you know uh, Kim you see me I'm not a very tall guy <laughs> Uh, I'm five, five at best. Uh, I may be even a little shorter than that and just stretch it to five, five. So, but, uh, you know, I knew I wasn't going to be a professional athlete. Right. So, and, and my dad always said, you know, you, you need to play sports. It, it'll help you work in the team. It, it'll help you shoot for goals but he was very real. You know, I knew from day one, there was no question I was going to college and uh, mm. you know, it took me a little bit to get through, but, uh, but he, you, you're going to college. And that's just, that's just what it is. And at the end of the day, him pushing me, uh, my mom, my stepdad pushing me saying, you, you're to do this. And it wasn't that I wasn't smart. I just, you know, I got bored pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone, especially in, in in this day and age seems to think they have hyperactivity. So I would say I, I, I just got bored, you know, I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't like certain things about school. I didn't like reading and uh, I didn't like English. I didn't like a lot of that stuff, but you know, you had, had sort of had to get it done was the thing is like, just, just grind through and get it done. Mm-hmm. And after that yeah. you're done, you know, you, you can go do whatever you want. You can hammer nails and, and be, be a, you know, either a construction guy or, or a construction company owner. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was that sort of thing, but I did know Early on, you know, I don't take orders well from other people. So, so, um, so that was that was always probably my biggest struggle is making sure I, you know, my dad would say, you know, you know, you, you got to understand that you're not the boss.
0: So, um, so, yep. um,
2: so, but but I would That's say awesome. my dad was the inspiration. My parents, um, you know, my my mother and stepfather went through a couple of bankruptcies, and mm-hmm. I dealt with a lot of anxiety in in the high school years. We didn't own a house. And not that you have to own a house, but that's um, mm-hmm. sort of just the American way, so to speak, right? Like people do, you grow up, you own a house, you get married, you mm-hmm. have kids type of thing. And uh, mm-hmm. we didn't own a house on my mom's side from the time I was probably six, when we went through the first uh, sort of bankruptcy till mm-hmm. till I was 18. Um, wow. yep. And so I knew early on, hey, I, I don't want to go through that. Mm. I, I want to, you know, my dad had a, a much more stable uh, um, uh, place to live and and as far as a, a singular home and um, mm-hmm. so I, I wanted to really provide that I didn't want my kids to worry so I I'd probably take a lot from all of my parents when it comes to that yeah. I think my my stepfather and mother had a very unique lifestyle that he, he died about six years ago but um, they had a very unique lifestyle that I always wanted my kids to see because they did what they loved mm. and, and, and that's something I think you take some of that and you take you know maybe my dad doesn't love cleaning but he does a good job at it and he works hard and he's built a successful business and that allows him to do the other things that he does love yeah. to do. so and, and I'm probably just putting that out there I don't maybe he does love cleaning I don't know <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know I, I think I just looked more at the um the steadiness of my dad when it came down to okay if I can take some of this and and from him and some of this from my other parents you know and meet somewhere in the middle have a really um, mm. a really good life and successful life. And and so that's where I pull a lot of, a lot of probably mm. uh, inspiration from is, is all of them.
1: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think it's so cool. Just listening to that story and just how, you know, those challenges that we face growing up, you know, they, they can spur us to become better in the future. You know what I mean? They're, they're not always a detriment. It's, just the challenges that okay you know I decided at a young age that this is you know I, I I wanted to have this and this is why yeah so I love that you know you were able to g- get inspiration from just both aspects um, yeah I think that's so it, cool
2: it's and my my dad always you know if you work hard enough you you can get whatever you want and, and I've just found that to be true so I'm mm-hmm. um, I'm sort of that's a awesome. car guy uh, I don't I don't yeah. have anything special right now but I, I always wanted a Porsche 911 and uh, worked mm-hmm. hard enough and 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 got one. I, didn't keep it nice. long I sold it but you know yep. it's just it's just those things and, and that's probably a very materialistic way of looking at things but
1: but um, you worked your butt off and you got it
2: right it, it was just one of those things you know I, I kind of always wanted one of those and and I got mm-hmm. it and, and sold it but you know it, all this stuff allows working hard you know we can go skiing we can go snow we can take some trips you know my mother lives in Florida we can go see her you know so mm-hmm. that's it's awesome. those types of things that the work ethic of of all of my my parents but especially my dad said you know if you if, if you want to do that you gotta you gotta put the time and effort in to get there so
1: yes yeah. work hard work hard
0: yep it's it's a surefire money-making scheme is
2: <laughs> to work yeah yeah well you know it's funny so I I um I do listen to a lot of podcasts that's why I was really I thought this was really cool when you guys were starting this but I was listening to Jim Rome podcast the other day with Edger and James and here's a guy that came out of like Immokalee Florida very poor section of Florida and, uh, never changed who he was, but just figured out early on that if I just work hard enough, you know, I've got some talent and if I work Mm -hmm. harder than everyone else, I, you know, I can, I can get to the NFL and be a running back and and Mm -hmm. make enough money that problems disappear. And and yeah, money can't buy happiness, but it it can allow you to to take a deep breath and relieve some stress. Right. So. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, all those, all those professional athletes, the ones who, the ones who you can identify by basically one name. Yeah. You know, Larry. Yep. Michael. Yep. You know, Kobe. All although they all had inherent talent, but they also put in. They would they would outwork everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just they they would they would work and work and work. Mm-hmm. And if they thought someone was catching up to them, okay, I'm going to work harder now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They became part of that challenge. That's yeah. and yeah, that's it. You love that. You know, it's talent plus work. Yeah so we're uh, we we've come to the end of our time here but we, we always ask one last question sure. which is to kind of get out of business a little bit and and what is your favorite thing or place or, or thing to do in Maine
2: I don't know I can tell you if we if we included the White mountains of of New Hampshire I would say my favorite place is 100 is percent North Conway New Hampshire um, I have a friend with a house out that way we've stayed there we go skiing out there we have our season passes to Cranmore Mountain out there but in general right that that whole aspect Mm. of of the White Mountains translates right over to Maine is being outdoors when we go snowmobiling that's you know we live out uh in North Mm Saco we're part of the the Pathfinder Snowmobile Club we kind of park right there and and head out and and it's those times that Yes, the snowmobiles cost you something, but once you have them, you can go out and do something and it actually costs you nothing but a little gas and, and mm. you can go out and just kind of tool around. My son absolutely loves it. My daughter, my wife are, are both into it as well. So, you know, being outside the, the winter, you know, we it's funny because we moved away from North Carolina, I mean, uh, to Maine to North Carolina to get away from the winters. And when we came back, we just became, you know, much more into the winter sports yeah. and you kind of have that's to be great. into something, I guess, in the winter to get yeah. out here. But, uh, yeah. but being outdoors, being skiing, being on the snowmobiles, just being outside in the winter in the summer. Uh, but, but especially the winter, cause it's so long. Um, yeah. you know, that mm. that's definitely our favorite thing to do is just being outside in the winter.
1: That's great.
0: Awesome. That's great. And as, as the person who, who does the editing and also, you know, grew up in New Hampshire, uh, I'll, I'll allow the, the White Mountains. <laughs> <you> know,
2: <that's, laughs> I, I'll tell you, it's, it's, our, it's absolutely our favorite place. We go there every year on our anniversary. Uh, we take the kids there quite a bit. We're always on the Kangamangas Highway, you know, when we're out there, either just driving around or, or hiking somewhere. So, yeah, it, it's such a great area
0: yeah and then i guess you can you can even tag that i'll i'll even tie that back into maine is that it is within driving distance it's not that far there's (laughs) there's so many places that you can get to from maine if you just live here that's a great part about
1: maine is yeah we've got all these awesome places surrounding
0: us yeah you
2: know so uh, a couple years ago for our anniversary we skipped out on on uh, north conway and went up to bar harbor which i've never been Uh, i've never really been north of uh the belgrade area bar harbor was was it's just interesting, you know, there's, there's huge, huge parts of Maine so far away that you've just, I've just never been to. And so Bar Harbor mm-hmm. was, 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 was a real neat area. So. Yeah. Did you awesome.
1: guys make it up the uh, mountain? We did. Yeah. Is it, the, the, is it Cadillac mountain, right? Cadillac mountain. Yeah. Ca- yeah. 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 We and drove people up go there, up to watch the sunrise. Uh, and,
2: and it's the beautiful. beautiful there is, is amazing. It was a perfect day. Amazing. So yeah. it was, it was, uh, but it was just one of those things like, you know, I'm 40 years old and I've lived in Maine for, the majority of my life, and never really been north of that Belgrade area. So Bar Harbor was a was a, a neat place to see.
0: Fine, yeah, finally, there's know. a
1: lot of good places to see here in Maine that we haven't even been to. You know,
0: yeah, it's just you're not like, supposed to say that. You're supposed to act like we are experts. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> oh wait, people are listening to this. Yeah, and they yeah. Know different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well Aaron thank you so much yes, for, for taking time out of your day great. and and talking with us and, and, and really kind of explaining about domestics and about your your history in the business and, and just sharing all that uh, your story we really appreciate yeah. all that and uh, we'll have links to to your website and uh, and all those things in our show notes as well as uh, as phone numbers to give you a call for for cleaning and things like that thank you again so much and uh, we will we will hopefully uh, talk to you again soon
2: yeah thank, you. thank I, you I really appreciate it I think the podcast cast is, is super exciting so i, I, I hope it's really taken off for you thank
1: you so oh, thank much thank
0: you we so much <laughs>